0: BS-free witchcraft is a production of the Nerd and Tie podcast network. Nerd and Tie produces podcasts ranging from actual play to true crime, and you can find more at nerdandtie.com or join our Discord by going to nerdandtie.com/discord.
1: Hey witches, here are five signs that you are a psychic witch. Number one, discounting anything medical, you see flashes, orbs, you often get a uh, high-pitched ringing in your ears, you hear things that other people can't hear. Number two, you tend to have relationships that have very, very little boundaries, you find it hard to set firm boundaries. Number three, you tend to feel other people's emotions and you really get a sense for how they're feeling. Number four, you just know something without even really having a clue. And number five, you like a lot of alone time. You are quite happy in your own company. If this is you, we would love to welcome you into one of our communities. Just click the link in our TikTok bio, and you can go to our website or our Facebook group or whatever you feel called to. See you there.
0: Welcome to BS3 Witchcraft, your monthly guide to the modern witchcraft movement, minus a lot of the usual, well... Bullshit. I'm your host, Trey Dorn, and uh, what you just heard (laughs) at the beginning there was the audio from a TikTok uploaded by The Pocket Witch, all one word, and uh, it was about how, how you could be a psychic witch. And that list was a bunch of manipulative bullshit, because this month we're talking about abusers, manipulators, con artists, and cults. We're talking about the predators in the witchcraft community. And uh, let's just review that that audio we just heard, um, where they ran through the five signs that you're a psychic witch. Okay, first off, sign one, flashes, orbs, high pitch ringing in your ears. I didn't know that tinnitus was a sign that I had psychic powers. I just thought it was because I listened to, you know, loud music when I was younger and went to some concerts. Who'd have guessed? Uh, but additionally, like, flashes of lights and orbs and things like that, um... Like I know, they said putting aside medical stuff, but like the fact is, is it's like uh, flashes of lights, orbs, things like that can be signs of many medical conditions, including I mean, some more benign like migraines, some benign migraines, but some some like migraines, but also things like you know retinal issues, which can lead to blindness if you're not. So if you're seeing flashes and things like that, uh, go go talk to an ophthalmologist. <laughs> I'm just. As a person who has a couple of permanent blind spots in one of my eyes, uh, just go go talk to an ophthalmologist if if you're or a doctor. Just if, if you're seeing flashes, that's that's not related to the topic. That's just medical advice. <laughs> that's that's the medical advice is go talk to a doctor for real medical advice and not witches on the internet. In if you if you're experiencing those symptoms. But the rest of this list gets a lot scarier because uh, the the second sign was they tend to have relationships with bad boundaries. That is, that is a sign that someone um, experienced trauma. <laughs> That's that is, that is a sign that someone experienced trauma. It's a trauma response to have bad boundaries. And again, we, we hit that with sign number three, where you feel other people's emotions. Now, Um, This is a hot take that may anger some people, but most people who describe themselves as empaths aren't having some sort of psychic phenomenon. They are likely having a trauma response. Um, Empathy, or um, in some cases, it can be hypervigilance, often manifest in ways where you start feeling the emotions that you perceive other people to have, and you tend to be hyper-aware of these things. And that is, again, a trauma response. So, so sign two and sign three are both like, they're targeting people who likely have experienced trauma. Sign four, you just know things. Well, it can be argued that intuitive leaps are actually also like, like coming, jumping to conclusions based off of, of signs are, is, is also um, indicative of a trauma response. Uh, it's overall just, you just know things. It's just sort of nonsense. But then we move on to step five. You like a lot of alone time. I mean, besides the fact that uh, people who experience trauma are more likely to be introverted, uh, what this list is going through as we run through it is they're looking for people who likely have previously experienced trauma who are, with step five, socially isolated. So you have bad boundaries and... uh, your, your emotions are easily changed by the people you're communicating with, and you like to be alone a lot, and so you don't have a solid social network or a safety net, come join our group. Like, it's a it's an outright predatory behavior. And if you join the Facebook group, which I did, <laughs> I did, um, I joined it under a, a a spare account i have uh the entire group is dedicated to selling you services to selling you things so what what they're doing is they're targeting um emotionally vulnerable people looking for validation who might be socially isolated who are interested in witchcraft and then selling them services it's the the amazing thing is like they are like selling like this uh it, anybody remember the wealth witch from like uh from like a year and a half ago um leah Steele, who's like selling these these wealth witch services like we can get rich through like her mad, like stuff this is they're they're doing exactly that they are they are doing that exact scheme where like you know uh i i looked into the the pocket witch it, it's a channel run by two people and Um, what they're selling is this, this program to like, where you could like financially profit off of witchcraft. And look, guys, I got to tell you something. I have nothing against like casting a money spell or anything like that, but if witchcraft could make you rich, these people would not be selling these programs because it's their primary income. If they had a magic technique to draw money to themselves, uh, they would just use it. And the their primary income is selling you these courses. So so again, targeting emotionally vulnerable, isolated people to take their money. It's these people are everywhere. On you see them on TikTok. I've seen them on YouTube. I've seen, they've had podcasts. I mean, the Wealth Witch. I don't know if she's still doing that podcast. I maybe I should go check in on Leah Steele and see if she's st- whatever the hell she's doing I don't know um and it's not just these people because th- that's not the first person i ran into on tiktok i've only been on tiktok for a couple of months and so one of the first people i ran into on is called uh, bright and dark one and uh here's some of her nonsense
2: want to know why witches often choose to be born into mundane families my name is jen marie i am a high priestess and witchcraft educator as some of you might know the witches call actually went out very recently so there are witches all over the place waking up right now and this is awesome we've been expecting you the reason witches choose to be born into mundane families comes back to the evolution of the soul the amount of growth and expansion that happens when a witch wakes up after being trained in a mundane world is fucking spectacular. Witches don't fear difficult things. So they know full well when they chose to be born into a mundane family that it would be very difficult for them to wake up. That was intentional and you know it. But now that you're awake, welcome home. We have so much work to do. And I know that you're afraid of your personal power, and that's totally normal. Most people are. But that's a social construct that we'll get around.
0: So that was a clip from Bright and Dark One, um, another TikTok user. And what is what you might be asking yourself? What do you mean choose to be born into a mundane family? Or uh, the witch's call? All of this is utter nonsense, right? Like, this is not... This is not, the witch's call is not a thing, right? It's not a, that's not a thing. And no one gets, no one chooses to be born into any family or at any time. And so like, she literally has a video where she blames the pandemic for, uh, no, she says we chose to be born during the pandemic, which is such an amazingly weird take Because, of course, we all pick to be born into, like, a awful thing. Like, the, the entire concept that we chose our circumstances to be born into is deeply offensive to anyone who ever had any sort of trauma. Because it's effectively blaming people for being traumatized. But from the way she pitches it, the way Bright and Dark One pitches it, is that... It's, uh, it's about you being special and tries to turn it into your chosen, your special. And when you end up looking through her stuff, what she wants you to do is go to her website and pay her for shadow work services. That's right. She is selling shadow work services for not a small fee on her website. Now, for those of you who don't know what shadow work is, it's actually a psychological technique. Um, comes out of Jungian stuff. And not everybody even buys that shadow work as a, psych- as a psychological technique works, but that's where it comes from. And I've seen this weird trend in witchcraft lately where people have like incorporated shadow work into their witchcraft, which is really strange to me. But importantly, you should never pay anyone to help you with shadow work who isn't a, a trained or licensed therapist, right? Like... Someone should have, like, professional certifications to bring you through any sort of therapeutic technique, right? Bright and dark one, this Jen Marie, does not have those, as far as I can tell. There, There's no listing of certifications on her website. It is, It is utter nonsense. And so she is selling these techniques, again, trying to make people feel special. To make people feel good about themselves, and this is—we have to keep an eye out on the community for people like this. And it's this is this is what people do, all right? They find vulnerable people. They find people who want to feel validated. Um, this is why uh, colleges, especially, are are people target colleges for cults because you have people who are feeling lost and feeling isolated who, who are looking for validation and there are plenty of people getting into witchcraft right now who are feeling isolated and alone and it sucks but like they're looking for that community they're looking for something something bigger and so unfortunately the witchcraft community is rife with people And once they've found these vulnerable people, often trauma survivors or they're people who are uh, depressed or people in, you know, unhealthy home situations, like, it is true that a lot of people feel the need, like, especially younger people living at home with their parents, like, who might not feel like the witchcraft is accepted in their household, who might not have a support network, or people who have moved out and, like, don't necessarily have that. These people are vulnerable and they're in our community. And... These are the people, these manipulators and abusers are targeting. And when they find these people, uh, what they do is they start by love bombing. Uh, Love bombing, uh, as a psychology professor, Margaret Singer wrote in her book, Cults in Our Midst, um, and is writing about love bombing as a cult recruitment tactic. She wrote, as soon as any interest is shown by the recruits, They may be love-bombed by the recruiter or other cult members. This process of feigning friendship and interest in the recruit was originally associated with one of the early youth cults, but soon it was taken up by a number of groups as part of their program for luring people in. Love-bombing is a coordinated effort, usually under the direction of leadership, that involves long-term members flooding recruits and newer members with flattery, verbal seduction, affectionate but usually non-sexual touching, and lots of attentions to their every remark. Love bombing or the offer of instant companionship is a deceptive ploy accounting for many successful recruitment drives. What manipulators do and what con artists do and what cult recruiters do is they find a vulnerable person and then they tell them they're special over and over and over again and how great they are and how valued they are and how you're part of the in-group now. It's okay. And you're so great and you're so special. It's what they do after the love bombing will often come isolation. Now, to be fair, this is less likely to happen on social media just because we're not physically there. But they will try to, like, have these conversations about the quote unquote truth out of the public eye. They'll invite you to a private group. They will, you know, try to get you to join some sort of Discord. Join our Discord. Discord's public, Uh, but (laughs) like join, join someplace that's off to the side where they won't be in the public eye. Um, In real life, if you encountered these people in real life, they might invite you to a retreat or a private event at their home or just a way where they can control all the information you have access to while you're there um, and just isolate you. And then additionally, they will then try to take control. They will attempt to control you with fear and love. See, what they're going to start doing is talking about how people outside the group don't understand or people who aren't like with you or if it's just one on one how about people. If they're they just don't understand and they won't understand and they'll persecute us. We have to, you know, keep it. And so what they do is they create this fear of outsiders and how everyone else is coming to get you. And then that you're the only source, that you're their only source. um <laughs> That they're your only source for, like, love and support and safety. Like, people, these con artists, these liars, these manipulators will set themselves up as, like, an enlightened authority. Like, I think it's important to stress at every freaking turn that witchcraft is a community of equals, right? Nothing makes any of us, like, while it is true some people have more experience than others... There is nothing that makes me more special than anybody else as a witch, right? I, y- you are like, I'm good at talking, I guess, <laughs> and good at communicating ideas. But like in, in the sense of witchcraft, I'm not any more special than you are. We are equal. And But, but the people in these situations will try to set themselves up as, as gurus, as, as uh, you know, as as the ultimate authority. It's like they are enlightened, they have special knowledge, and they only they can pass it on to you, and you need to rely on them. And it's very dangerous. Now, you may be saying to yourself, Trey, you've you've given examples of like TikTokers, of of people in in online spaces acting like this. Um But in those cases, you can disconnect. You can remove yourself from those spaces. Well, the truth is that these people are walking around the real world, too. These people are walking around the actual world as well. With that, I want to give you a real world example. I want to give you an example of something like this in in real life spaces where the danger is so much more real. And the kind of roads these things can lead down. And to give that example, I'm going to welcome Lee Bradford back to the show. Author of Good Clean Dirt and creator of the Sweeney Tarot. Hi, Dre. So as our listeners already know, this month we're talking about um, kind of the uh, weird culty figures who pop up in the modern witchcraft movement and you have a particular story of someone who uh just just it's too good not to to talk to you about it
1: he was awful i actually have two stories but Ooh. this one's the one that i talked about most publicly so um when i was I I'd moved back to my back home with my parents for about a year and a half, and I was trying to figure out what the pagan scene was like there, because it had been years since I had been there, and the scene had changed. And I got used to having like all of my friends from Ball State who were all pagans, and I was kind of looking for like that kind of like atmosphere where we're all learning, we're all sharing, we're all celebrating, we're you know being ourselves publicly. I was, so I was looking for places that would offer me that kind of an atmosphere. And there was this place called Mystic Moon Magic, and it was downtown. And I was like, all right, I'll go to shot. And I was like, went in, and I, they said, come join us on Thursday at, uh, Thursday evenings, and we uh, where we talk about witchcraft. And I'm like, yes, all right, let's go. So I show up, and... Uh there's this, there's a handful of people already there and there's this one guy I'm going to you know what his name is public his name was Joey his name is Joey and he uh did what i now realize was the very first manipulative thing i'd ever seen uh in this kind of like weird almost friendship i don't know i didn't really i wasn't really friends he asked me my full name which was awkward. He didn't tell me he was doing my numerology chart with my full name. He just asked it, asked me for it. And I was like, I did not consent to this. Later, I thought, wow, that was manipulative. So that's one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um he got all my information wrong because he assumed I was female, but that's another thing. <laughs> <laughs> um the very very first thing he does is he tries to figure me out and i'm like okay that's probably i mean you know every pagan i've ever met is kind of socially awkward so i assumed that was just his part of being socially awkward and i tried to be pretty um understanding about that yeah um because you know I'm, I'm trying to let people in my life so we sit down we all start chatting Started all hanging out, getting kind of, not cozy, but, you know, kind of, you know, loosening up and talking about pagan stuff. And he's up and he's wandering around. He's wandering around, kind of looking kind of far off in the distance. And he said, there's a ghost in this shop. And I'm like, you know, I mean, yeah, I've, I've talked previously about ghosts and how I feel about ghosts and <laughs> how, yeah my my opinions on that and you can look that up later um and he keeps adding on these details about this ghost he's looking for something he's a collector of teeth and it's like it became very um vivid and it's like he was trying to manipulate the um he was trying to manipulate the crowd into thinking that he had some kind of authority on the place. As it turns out, I, since I had lived there my entire life, except for like, you know, when I was in college, I knew what that, that building used to be. And it was like a, it was an instrument store. So unless he was like looking for a trumpet, not exactly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs>
0: it's the ghost of a trumpet.
1: the trumpet. Yeah. He was looking for a trumpet, I guess. Um. So he got into this, mindset where he was trying to make the focus on him where he was the authority figure within the group and I you know at this point I'm like okay he's awkward and kind of an attention whore and we're just gonna let that happen um this could be entertaining happens again and again and again he keeps kind of building up this persona where he is like the authority on things and he's I don't think he's charismatic, but a lot of people did. He starts talking about how he wants to have a coven where he would where he would build this coven and he would be in charge of it and he would let everybody in. Everyone is allowed to be part of his coven. We don't judge here.
0: This is why we usually refer to this guy as coven guy.
1: Yep, yeah, that, that that's why he's a coven guy. He wants to have his own coven and he, you know, I'm, at at this point, I'm like, okay, um, I've met lots of people who want to be the authority figure in their own kind of world, and if you think you can do that, fine. He starts hitting on me. Now, um, not only am I uh, non-binary, but I am also a lesbian,
2: so <laughs> I like, am...
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I don't... I'm going...
0: Go ahead. No, I was going to say, when I first met you, like, I'm a person who people don't necessarily ever read as queer immediately. But I will tell you, when I first met you um, many years ago, uh, you you were really clearly not a straight I, person. It was, you know,
2: <laughs> see you pick
1: up that vibe. A lot of people don't. Um, the bow tie was people, a clue. Though. The bow tie was a clue. I do look fantastic in a suit. Um, Everybody
0: looks good in a suit.
1: It's true. Um But I was throwing I was throwing out like every single fuck off vibe and he was still trying to get me like into his life somehow and I'm like strong no strong strong no So I just kind of like let that slide a lot of people don't get it I I let a lot of things slide because I thought maybe he's just harmlessly awkward. Um yeah. this There's a little story here that kind of segues into this. Um, There's this whole thing with um, a pair, like a couple who needed, honestly, they needed counseling, but the best thing they could afford was tarot readings. So I gave them a tarot reading and she became obsessed with tarot readings. And at one point there was this huge fight between this girl and her her boyfriend. At this point, Joey has got a girlfriend and he has started leaving me alone and, like, thank fucking God. So between the two people who are having the fight, they end up at the shop. They bring the fight to the shop. There's a huge explosion of drama. Like, the whole group is bifurcated into this person's side versus that person's side. Um, and I'm trying to comfort the girl who is clearly having, like, this emotional breakdown over it. And this is one of the reasons why i I would why i'm not looking for any pagan groups per se anymore because <laughs> they tend to explode into drama yeah. and i don't think people who are looking to start a start a uh coven realize that you have to be the peer mediator for all of these people
0: yeah no it's yeah yeah a- and so, we're of course talking about like traditional use of the term coven i know that these days on social media people tend to toss the word around more than um then maybe I like the term circle is great for talking about larger loose knit groups, guys. Coven's more of a, like when we use coven in this context, we mean like a uh, closed smaller groups that like would actually be doing a lot of like ritual and stuff together. And yeah. That's, that's an important differentiator to those who might not be as familiar with uh, like who might be familiar with other people using coven theory. more loosely. Yeah.
1: So, you know, I'm sitting out there, I'm trying to comfort this girl and she's just, I'm starting to lose my patience with her because she's starting to say really horrible things. Um, Joey comes out. He wants to help, too. His idea of of helping was like, so she said something to the effect of, I might as well become a lesbian. I give up men and obviously I'm pretty offended by that. Yeah,
0: like it's not always great. Thanks.
1: <laughs> thanks. And I'm like, you probably shouldn't say that in front of like a lesbian. So Joey comes out and he hears me say a lesbian and later he apologizes and he says, I'm sorry uh, for hitting on you so much. I didn't realize you were a lesbian. And I'm like, you didn't also read the giant fuck off vibes. Thanks. But, um, then he sits down with a cigarette and he says, you know, what's great about Megan, my new girlfriend, she's bisexual. That means that we can have two girls. And I'm like, you are disgusting. You are so disgusting, I want to punch you.
0: Also, that's not how monogamous (laughs) relationships work.
1: It's not. Like, I wanted, like, he was, even though I had said flat no, I have a girlfriend, I'm in a committed relationship, I don't want anything to do with you specifically, he was still hitting on me. So he was just consistent, constant, and he was always trying to get something out of everyone who was there. So it was becoming very, very clear that his purpose there was not friendly. Yeah. So Joey kind of worked at the shop, so you couldn't really escape him. So if you went there, he was there too. This kind of put everybody in an odd position where they had to react with him in some way, shape, or form. And he started talking about having these parties at the shop where he would bring, you know, drugs and alcohol to the shop. And they would just close the doors and have everybody on the couches, which made me really suspicious of those couches that we were sitting on. Yeah. And I start hearing about he's inviting everyone that comes to the shop. And sometimes there are children at this shop as young as 13 years old. Yeah. And I said, I'm like, I have to draw a line here. Somewhere, and i'm thinking this is it because i don't want like he he was trying to sell me on this quote-unquote drug that did not exist he was making stuff up for the purposes of sounding more mystical of course it's a is. strong hallucin- it's a strong hallucinogen um he wanted he was trying to create this situation where he was in 100 control but then i left i was like i'm done we're done one of the things that kind of clued me in on this was his girlfriend asked me for a tarot reading and he told um I said she wanted to know if the rumors about him were true and I didn't know what the rumors were and it basically said this is not a safe relationship for you like I don't, not to toot my own horn on on tarot readings but it's like it gave me a lot of really strong signs about like You are going to get into a lot of trouble if you stay with this man. I'm trying to put my opinions aside, but, like, this is the tower. (laughs) It's bad.
0: I don't know Um, much about Tarot, but uh, I I know enough.
1: (laughs) I I stayed with him, and I'm like, I can't continue to watch this. I draw the line at the drugs and at inviting children to these parties. I'm leaving. So I left. And then two years later, he's... um, Arrested, finally, for accounts of stalking, pedophilia, uh, administering d- drugs to minors. Um, there's so many... There's a long, long list. He's got 90 years with good behavior. It's that bad. Yeah. Um. Like, he was... It, we found out that he was doing those things. He was inviting minors as young as seven to the shop for the purposes of abusing them. And, um, it's one of those things where I should have seen the signs. Like all of the signs were pointing to this guy. Um, and I'm like, this is like, it did not, it very slowly became a not equal, um, right. Platform for everyone to speak. So it's like, I started seeing it and now I can't unsee
2: it.
0: Right. This was a person who was using, tactics of manipulation and abuse to get what he wanted using the um, using the you know supposed mystical power or like his the lure of the mystical and the lure Mm -hmm. of the the unknown to um approach his victims
1: Mm -hmm. and i think that um especially with not to bring christianity into this mess I think a lot of people who are trying to get out of Christianity turn to witchcraft because they think it's going to be different. But you find the same kinds of abusers in any religion and any kind of practice and any group, even if that's a secular group. I mean, yeah. you can you can find it in Avon. <laughs> you can find it in Mary Kay.
0: Well, I you mean, find... multi-level marketing <laughs> schemes are 100. Comp- that That is their entire composition. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's the way they are built.
0: Yeah, they're so, they're built for those people.
1: Yeah, it's you find it like it's very easy for somebody to come into a group think that they're uh, that they are that everybody's equal and then eventually find that there is a leader and that that leader is not a good person. Yeah. It's very easy to fall into that. And you always say, you know, it could it could never happen to me. I'm too smart. But let me tell you, yeah, <laughs> you're never gonna <pretty> be smart because <laughs> my mom, uh, my mom's very first um, breakthrough story as a journalist was on the Johnstown cult, the Kool Aid cult, the OG Kool Aid yeah, cult, yeah. And
0: um, it was technically not Kool Aid. The makers of Kool Aid would like it, everyone to know that it was an, a different it was brand.
1: Kool-Aid.
0: It was not. It was Flavor Aid.
1: <laughs> it, it, it was grape. I think um, my mom, my mom's very first breakthrough story was on that. And she years later fell into a pseudo Christian kind of cult thing that really messed her up for a while. I think she's still recovering from that, but I'm not going to get into that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, Um, yeah,
1: it's, it, it can happen to anyone. You don't see it when you're in it. You just see, you know, like, the community that you're building. And you see the yeah. people that you're with, making friends. Well, and it's seductive.
0: It's... Yeah. Especially for people looking for a place to belong. It's people are vulnerable. A lot of people who come into witchcraft spaces are vulnerable and feeling like outsiders. And when they're, they're looking for a place to belong, and when someone says, Oh, you do belong. You belong here with me... It is so easy for those people to be taken advantage of, and so we
1: have everything you need. Yeah, we have. We don't have problems here. Yeah, and it's, everything
0: is. It's seductive and it's dangerous, and like it's in in the best case scenarios, it's just someone trying to take your money. In the worst case scenarios, it's Joey, yeah. guy.
1: Yeah, Kevin guy Joey Anderson. So. I, <laughs> I mean Yeah. It's not it's you're not I'm not saying like you're not safe. No one's no one's safe. Ooh ah
0: it's just not safer.
1: Yeah, no one is too smart. Because you don't you don't you don't see it when you're in it. It's like anything that can hurt you, you think you can see it a mile away and you're too smart, but truthfully there isn't it's like for a manipulator you're not too smart. They actually take that as a challenge.
0: Well, and also they... being smart does not mean that you're experienced. And there's some things no. that like I was very smart 20 years ago, but I'm I'm way better now at recognizing really bad situations than I was then. Mm-hmm. And I don't and... think I was dumb when I was, you know, I don't think I was dumb when I was 20, but I also just didn't have the life experience to warn me about bad situations.
1: Yeah, and everybody wants to belong, especially when you're young, especially when you're in your 20s, or even even older people. Yeah. Um, oh, The, yeah, the elderly are definitely at risk for, for cult-like behavior because yeah. they they are reaching the end of their life, and they need community just as much as we do, but a lot of their community has passed on. Yeah. Or they have moved away or they're not the same as they used to be. So they are going through life changes just as we are when we're in like going through puberty or going through our 20s. So everyone is at risk for um, cult behaviors and manipulation because yeah. everybody has that instinctive need to belong somewhere. Yeah. Like you're never too smart.
0: So, yeah, to wrap up. I know this episode has gotten dark, but we have a responsibility in the witchcraft community to identify these people and to to keep each other safe. Because the fact is there are people who are naive, who are getting into witchcraft, who don't know, who are vulnerable, who don't know to see these warning signs, who don't know that there are these abusive manipulative people and they have been in the witchcraft community since the beginning cuz they're in every community anytime there is any anytime that there's any sort of spiritual movement where someone where people are searching for enlightenment there's always someone there to take advantage of it you see it in in christian groups you see it in you're going to see it in our groups too right like we aren't immune to these abusers There's nothing inherent about witchcraft that makes us vulnerable to it, except for the very fact that we are in an open movement without one singular definition. And so it's really easy for people like Bright and Dark One to start making up nonsense like the witch's call. And if someone questions them, they can just claim that the rest of us aren't enlightened enough to know it. It is, it is up to every single one of us to call this stuff out. You know, years ago, I made this post on Tumblr about how I don't trust witchcraft teachers, and I got a lot of flack for it and a lot of hate. But it's because people assumed that I meant that everyone who teaches witchcraft is bad, right? Like, I don't do one-on-one teaching because I, I feel like it's an inherently dangerous power dynamic. Um, but I'm not saying that every single person who teaches witchcraft in in one-on-one or those like in-person situations is bad. However, I've seen so many manipulators and so many, so many creeps (laughs) uh, in those situations that I don't trust those people immediately. Like I say, I don't trust teachers, but here I am doing a monthly podcast trying to teach people about witchcraft. But The difference is that the power dynamic between me and you, the listener, is simple. Like, this is a podcast. This is One Direction. You know, I have no power over you in this relationship. While it is true I accept money through Patreon, this is, for the vast majority, like the, it's a microscopic portion of you who contribute to my Patreon, the vast majority of listeners of this show this is a one-way relationship, and that's fine. That's that's part of what it's here for. Like, I have, I have no power over you. Now, if this were a one-on-one situation, though, there would be a power dynamic. And because there are people willing to abuse those power dynamics, when someone tells me that they teach witchcraft to people, they have to earn my trust in that situation because I immediately look at them sideways because of the number of manipulators and abusers who I have seen in the witchcraft space who just... Take advantage of the fact that there are vulnerable people seeking something larger. Because whenever you have any kind of movement, be it, you know, witchcraft, you'll see this in many other religious movements. You see this in Christianity all the time with these smaller cult-like churches or even some larger cult-like churches. Um, there are people who use uh, anyone looking for any sort of spiritual uh, largeness or some sort of connection, even if it's just a connection to nature and it's not necessarily a religious thing. These are people looking for something more and outside of themselves. And you will find abusers will always come in and try to say, I can give you that. I can unlock the secret. And they've been in the witchcraft community since the beginning. So, it's just, we have to, we have to, to find these people like when we encounter these people, we have to call them out, and we can't let it be okay. We can't just turn. We can't just like stay silent to avoid drama, which I see the attitude of so many people who who like get mad at me for like raising a ruckus. Like because the two the two TikTokers who I I mentioned early in the episode, um, I have I have called both of them out, and people got mad at me for it. Um, not a lot, but some, and. Like, it's just, like, these are, this is a danger, and it's bad. And I'm sorry that this wasn't a fun episode. Sometimes we have to do the not fun episodes. Sometimes we have to talk about things seriously, and it sucks. But that's the that's responsibility to, to that we all have, and Not everybody has these tools to identify and hopefully if you didn't and you listen to this episode, you have some of those tools and you understand the seriousness of this. Because it again, it sucks. It sucks. And now I have to segue into the outro. (laughs) This is awkward. Um. Anyways, uh, BS Free Witchcraft is made possible by uh, our Patreon patrons. Um, you can support this show on Patreon by going to patreon.com T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N. And of course, I want to shout out the patrons Stephanie Graves, Mary Stowell, Lindsay Dosey, Bruce Norville, Courtney, Amber Schmidt uh, for contributing at the $10 tier um if you subscribe even at the one dollar tier you get access to these episodes a whole week early that's right our patreon patrons got to be depressed by this episode a whole week early Uh, and got to listen to it before thanksgiving instead of right after thanksgiving i know that not all my listeners are in the u.s but i'm in the u.s and i'm thinking about thanksgiving when i record this so it's just a thing um if you can't contribute to the Patreon, that's fine. I understand. That's cool. But what we could do to help the show then is to rate and review us on iTunes and uh, other stuff. Uh, just uh, share the episode with people. Just like make your friends listen to this. Share the episode like links on social media. And uh, tell everyone about it and their friends. Or you can follow the show on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at i G O R N. I'm on Tumblr traegorn.tumblr.com. I'm on TikTok uh, as T R A E G O R N. I'm 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 taking a little bit of a break, but I'm coming back. Um, soon. Just, I just I I started to burn out, so I'm, I'm, i took some time off. Um also you can follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash BS witchcraft. Follow it through the page. Through, through the page. Because um, <laughs> boundaries. Um, besides that, uh, BS for Witchcraft is part of the Nerd and Tie podcast network. And We have a Discord where you can talk to myself or any of the other show hosts. Uh, and you can find an inv- invite for that at com slash Discord. Additionally, um, we have a lot of other great shows on the Nerd and Tie podcast network. Um, we just wrapped up campaign one of stormwood and associates and that uh that's the actual play show that i'm the primary gm for campaign one just ended 135 episodes um and uh, we're gonna be taking about a month off but then we're gonna in in the new year come back with campaign two of stormwood and associates so that's really fun you can find that nerd.com slash stormwood and uh, or you can listen to the other witchcraft podcast on the network Hex positive hosted by Brina Garen and you can find that at nerdandtie.com slash hex. And with that, Majickens, I'm going to go run away because this episode got dark and I'm, I'm going to go eat some gummy worms. That's, that's, yeah, that's what I'm going go to do. Talk to you guys in a month, hopefully about a more cheerful subject. Woof.